and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we talk sports for you for the next with the, for the next couple of hours. Thanks for tuning in uh, here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We'll start things off with Scott Dockerman before he jumps in the car and heads to Indianapolis. Big Ten Media Days getting underway tomorrow. And then again on Wednesday in Indianapolis, Doc will join us just prior to leaving. Uh, catch up with Scott Dockerman uh, from The Athletic on what he expects to see. Uh, some of the questions he anticipates will be asked. Uh, anxious to know how big of a talker NIL is going to be down there. I assume uh, it will be um, maybe not the primary focus, but certainly one of the talkers. And oh, by the way, those other two teams coming from California may come up a time or two. Mark Simon is going to join us. Sports Info Solution. We get him a couple of times during the year. Uh, very good story when it comes to baseball and real stats guy. We'll talk to Mark Simon on baseball to kick off our number two is Matt Snyder had a commitment that prevented him from joining us this week, but he'll be back next week. Our friend from CBSSports.com. And then Nick Oson, who covers Iowa State, will slide on in here about 11.25, or so as we take you up until noon. Trent's play of the day on a getaway special for TC. Final day for, well, a week and a half or so. But while he heads in uh, on vacation, recharges those batteries just in time for high school football. Oh, yes. <laughs> Looking forward to it. But baseball in the rearview mirror and football right around the corner. You could feel it on your walk, I'm going to guess. I just, did. Just a little bit this a morning. A little bit of a nip in the air yeah. kind of football weather. Love it. Love it. Bring it on. So you know, let's start there, Trent, with Friday night. Sadly, uh, not a lot of drama, the mm-hmm. score would indicate, uh, in, in the baseball game as uh, the Dragons bring home another one. Unbelievable. Uh, just a machine over there. Yeah. It, it's hard to rank teams, right? It, it, was this one one of, uh, would you say, their better squads? You know, I probably wouldn't put them on the top level. You know, they don't have those high D1 kids that they've had in the, pra- in the past. You know, kids over at Nebraska right now, Peyton Williams, who we just saw finish his career at the University of Iowa. There wasn't maybe the kind of star power you had in the past, but they had depth up and down the lineup. They were good one through nine, and, and it's not over. It's never over with Johnston. <laughs> right. One of their best players, certainly the state tournament throughout the year, Will Nuss, their third baseman, he's a freshman. Hmm. One of their other top players, their shortstop, He's a sophomore. Jason. I mean, this is the 4A state champion that finishes the year at 36-4, and four, and these are a couple of the young guns. Pierce Anderson, who was great, the starter in the game, on the pitching mound, he's a junior. He'll mm. be back next season. This is what they do. And I've told you the story before, just going to Johnston games and seeing how many little kids are there. They're not growing up thinking about that I want to be the next Byron Buxton, that I want to be right. you know, the next MLB star. I want to be a Johnston Dragon. And yeah. the way that Michael Barta has instilled that from the youth level all the way through, it is a machine. And what he has built over the last decade plus, four championships now during his tenure tenure, he is an incredible baseball coach. And they do it a different way. They have fun, but they work. They grind. And these kids are playing at an incredibly high level, another state championship, and doing it, good pitching staff but not the same kind of star quality maybe they've had in the past. And 
they dominated all comers this year. Indeed, they did, including on Friday night. So what 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 happened to Dowling? Just ran out of steam. What did they do with their? Uh, who started the game? They went with Curran, the kid that had uh. made eighteen appearances, all out of the bullpen. I didn't like it, and I liked it. this was beforehand. We talked about it in the last pre-game. week. We talked about it during mm-hmm. our show last week. You have a guy that had been so good in this role, ERA south of one on the season, and he's got a funky style. He doesn't throw it hard by any means. He just comes in three-quarter delivery, something different. But he got the ball there, and Johnston got to him right away. They put a six spot up in the second inning and cruised on for the 11-1 victory. But, yeah, made the decision there. Going to give him his first start of the year and his 19th appearance in the state championship game, and Johnston got to him right away. They did, huh? Yeah. Got him to the seconds, put six up there, Ugh. and cruised into the victory. Uh, they were up 9-1 in the sixth inning, and then got a base hit that scored two and made 11-1, and that mm. was the clincher. Johnston with another title, now three of the last four years, and they are just so good. They played in the championship game, I believe it's now the last five years they've been there. Lost twice in it, won three other times. They, they're, they're a machine, and they'll be right back there next year. Now, Dowling... What they did in the semifinals, getting the victory against City High, that was great. And, of course, what we saw out of the bullpen with Blake Larson coming in, throwing 95 <laughs> after not pitching in two months, he's going to be back. They, they're really, really talented. If they can be healthy all next season, maybe, just maybe, the Maroons would be the favorite next year. Uh, so we we talk about Dowling and, and the feeder system for the for high school football. Yes. So is, is, is Johnston's baseball feeder system kind of similar? That's a good way to put it, yeah. Urbandale also does a really good job of that. Well, we see with the Little League World Series, right? Yeah, that's How many a good point. Urbandale yes. and Johnston squads have made it uh-huh. to Williamsport, and we see them competing at a high level every year when they get to the Midwest region. So, yeah, I think those two are kind of a step ahead of everybody else of what they do in Urbandale and Johnston, and... Johnson, they are just at a new level of what they continue to do with another title. Uh, good stuff, and congratulations to the Dragons and everyone associated with that program. Well, let's uh, let's do a little baseball. We'll do a little realignment conversation. As the Big 12 media days are coming up at the end of the week. I want to say Thursday, Friday this week. It's certainly... Um, I'm not saying we're going to know anything by Friday, but we, they're certainly going to, it's going to be a huge, huge talking point, uh, once the media assembles. Um, I think it's in LA. I believe it's in LA. Is it? I was, it was scheduled to be there. Uh, the, the, one of the big talkers from the weekend is what are they going to do when they have their conference AD meeting? Are they going to invite mm-hmm. the ADs, uh, that are departing? Well, it's the same thing that we saw last week with Gundy, right? At, at Big 12 Media Days when he was talking about that. Why are they in our meetings? Mm-hmm. They're not going to be here. Why right. are they in our meetings? And then, of course, he walked it back and said, oh, I was just joking around. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. And nor should you have been. I Absolutely. agree with you. I, I agree yes. with you at first. That don't you had it back. right. Yeah. Don't. Uh-huh. And the same kind of thing here. They're gone in two years. What are they going to do? They're not part of the new TV package. Nope. They're not a part of the most important things for these next two years. Now, they still are figuring out because this year you're still playing a division schedule. You play every team in your division, mm-hmm. but it's still the top two teams now are going to make the conference championship game. Well, do they have a say? You know, if you you can find a way maybe to screw one of them, yeah. aren't you going to do it? <laughs> yeah, you are. Yes. They did the they did their utmost to give it to uh-huh. you uh, this time last year. So is UCLA going to actually leave for the Big Ten, or is yeah, this just a bunch of political grandstanding? I, I think it is. I think, uh, uh, look, if politicians want to get their name out there, right? Um, I don't know if it's an election year for him or not. Gavin Newsom. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, a Democrat, right? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think he is. Um 
Yeah, I, I, our, our politi- politics right there. I think so. <laughs> I, I think that it's it's you know when whenever there's an issue like this, somebody's going to attach their name to it uh-huh. just for, just to get the you know the the press that comes along with it. I, I think they will. I mean, I heard a, I saw a crazy one yesterday, okay. and just a crazy one, and it's that M H V E R three guy again. Oh, no. That West Virginia. You, you got to stop following him. No, I'm not following him. Oh, okay. I just I, I just go over and, and and see what he's saying. And the latest is uh, Stanford and Cal uh, are coming to look. I get are the coming mar- to the Big Twelve. Coming to the Big Twelve. I get the markets. <laughs> They're not coming to the Big Twelve. No, I know they, I know they aren't. But that was his biggie from yesterday. I get why he would or uh, somebody would want that to happen. Um, boy, if, if that if this kid gets this right, he's not. I know he's not. It seems like he's not. But if this kid gets it right, uh, that that one seems like a stretch. Um, I, I don't Stanford, know. one of the best academic institutions in the country. It. They're, they're going to come to the Big Twelve. They're going to go independent before they go Big Twelve. I would think so. They're going. They're waiting for the Big Ten and Notre mm-hmm. Dame to make a decision. Um, Cal obviously would love a dance partner. <laughs> it would certainly work out well for them uh, if indeed that's the case. But we'll see. We'll 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 see what, how this all shakes out. Um, you know, if we can get a couple more weeks out of it, perfect. And then put it on mothballs till this time next year. That would be best case <laughs> right. scenario until they until uh, they finish this bad boy out. Um, Big Ten Media Days getting underway tomorrow, and uh, then again on Wednesday. Have you seen the poll that was released from the uh, all the? Because there is no per se poll uh, that right. the Big Ten does. They did away with that a few years ago. So the uh, is that the Cleveland newspaper, Cleveland dot com, mm-hmm. uh, they do their annual poll. They poll uh, media members from all of the Big Ten outposts and. Uh, the defensive player of the year, none other than Jack Campbell. It seems like they got that one right. 31 first place bo- votes for Wisconsin to win the West. Three for Iowa, two for Minnesota. Isn't that almost a default, though? Isn't I think it, so. When It's Wisconsin, right? I, do you, do you, would you bet your life on Wisconsin? Well, I wouldn't bet my life on anybody. Well, I would Ohio State. <laughs> right, to win the West. No, yeah. I think it's Trent. I'm with you. I think you make a strong case for Minnesota. That you can certainly line, make though. it. That, I, the more, because I, I was know. with you a month ago. Yeah. Really liked Minnesota. I jumped on them at one of the division odds when they came mm-hmm. out. The center's back, and here's the thing. Yes, the other four guys are gone, but they brought in guys that have all played sure. college football. They're all transfers. Um, how will they come together? It's, it's, a, it's an absolute legitimate question that you're asking is uh and and concern better yet um that you have in that offensive line uh the center's there that's a good thing how will the other guys blend but it's a question is tanner morgan broken or is soraka going to be able to figure him out again because that guy has before he has before but has it gone down a path where there's no pulling him back out Mm -hmm. that he has gone Mm -hmm. that bad he just He's not the quarterback that we saw back in 2019. Ibrahim mm-hmm. coming off a pretty serious injury. Absolutely. Yes, it's been a calendar year, mm-hmm. but... And if that offensive line does take a step back, uh-huh. as it probably will... Yeah, I think so. And you got a quarterback that's okay. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran, but Tanner Morgan's made a lot of bad mistakes down yep. stretches of games. Yep. And you play that path in defense. What's more likely, Minnesota's 9-3 and three or 6-6? Six and six? Well, when you put it that way, uh, the latter I think is more think likely so that they're six and six. What's more likely, Iowa's ten and two or six and six? Well, the former. What's more likely, Wisconsin's ten and two? I don't know. Or six and six? I don't know because this is the it's it's a default mechanism when you're when you're when you're picking the big ten. Well, it's Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, maybe, but tell me why? Yeah, they they got a really good running back. Got a great I'll give back. you that. Um, 
But Graham Mertz, I mean, he's had one good football game. It was the first one he ever played against Illinois on a Friday night. And I came in here on Monday and, and Heisman Trent, Trophy. Trent, look out! There's, there's, this this kid's <laughs> going to make a lasting impact at Wisconsin. Not only do they normally have good linebackers and they can run the football, they've got a quarterback. Maybe the best one since Russell Wilson. Well, not so fast. Yeah, slow down. Yeah, slow down just a tad. So we'll we'll see. Uh, but that's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a really good race. The, the, I think one of the talkers is going to be Nebraska. Mm-hmm. The great unknown. Is this going to be the year? Thompson's okay. Is he better, better than Adrian? Okay. Oh. Is he better than Adrian Martinez? By a mile. Do you think he is? Oh, yeah. I don't think it's close. Really? Thompson had, what, 25 touchdowns last year? We had better players around him. Eight, nine interceptions? Nebraska. Yeah, Adrian Martinez made a ton of mistakes. Yes. I agree with you. And not just interceptions, but, but, but here's the thing. With him, he was kind of on an island. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't have a... If, he's, if he didn't make a play or try to make a play, they were going to spin their wheels. Um, I think Nebraska takes a step forward. What does that mean? Well, 7-5? and five? I think at best. Look, Trent, once they get to November, they better have their bowl game clinched. Yeah. Because it is freaking daunting. Daunting. They're not going to lose to Northwestern, are they? Trent, we said that they're not going to lose to no, Illinois. No, I, w- I was on the Illinois train a year I ago. wasn't. You yeah. were on the Illinois. Yes. Really? Yeah. That was a hot start of the year last year. Really? That was one of them. I was all about the Illini and the points. North North Dakota after that. Not North Dakota State. No, no, no. The fight in Sioux yeah. in week two. Right. Georgia Southern. Mm-hmm. You get Oklahoma at home. And played them tough last year. Indiana. Yeah. And a Rutgers on the road. Uh-huh. They should be at minimum four and two. At minimum and four it, and two. It, it, is there a chance they're five and one? Yes, absolutely. I agree. There's a chance they're six and zero. Oh. They played Oklahoma tough they last did. year. Now they get them a home. Mm-hmm. There's a real good chance. Mm-hmm. Casey Thompson is such a big upgrade there. You like him better than I do, but I hope you're right because I want Nebraska at least make a bowl. Remember that Oklahoma game a year ago? How good he was before the injuries derailed his season. He was. He was playing at a really, really I don't high recall. level. Call, I'll take your word for it. He put up big numbers there. He looked like all right. They they have their future. Mm-hmm. Ewers is doing his thing in Ohio State. It's fine, right? That this guy left Texas, and yeah. now of course he's back. I think he can play at a really high level. Weapons. What wise, was Bajan Robinson doing in that game, though? Well, that helps. Yeah, <laughs> that that helps in a big time way. And as I was in Iowa City this weekend, I talked to a friend of the Martin family, Oliver Martin. Oh, this is a year. Is that right? Oh, this is the year. Yeah. Just wait. Boy, he's been. it seems like he's been around a long time, hasn't he? Yes. He, well, he has been. This uh-huh. is his fifth or is this his sixth gonna year? I was going to say six. Year number six. Oh, and by the way, there's a little brother that's going to be either a freshman or sophomore. That's uh, You're going to be hearing in the high school ranks really? very, very soon. Finn? I think it's, yeah. Finn Martin, mm-hmm. who uh, might be showing up on a roster maybe over here at some point. Interesting. And that's the rumblings. Uh-huh. That's the rumblings. Have we been talking about that school in pursuant to their baseball game on Friday night? No, not, not that one. Not that one. Not okay. that one. No. All right. Uh, I think, actually, his dad works in Newton. Okay. So that's a possibility maybe there. And, you know, it's the Martins. Maybe if it doesn't work out, you can see him at a Southeast Polk or a Down okay. or something like that down the line. I'm sure Pizzetti would have oh, would yes. welcome him with open arms. You know, that drive from Newton, it's a little easier just to go up on 35 to get up to Ankeny. Yeah. You know, Coach Pizzetti, what did I see? Did he turn... Is he 84? That sounds right, yeah. I think he is. Yeah. Man, good for you, Jerry Absolutely. Pizzetti. Look at the kids that he's coached. 
over his career that began in the 1960s. 20, 25, 30 a year? Oh, my God. They go through the graduating oh, classes? Geez. And how many graduations that he and his wife, Margaret, have attended over the years? Even if they give everybody five bucks. Well, And, and they do. It's, they do. It's going to be impactful. Absolutely. I mean... That uh, coaching salary is uh, dried up pretty quickly. <laughs> he's such he's such a good person. Yes, he know? is. He's such a good person. So glad that uh, they're not trying to push him out the door. You go when you're well. He deserves it, right? Absolutely, he deserves it. Good stuff. All right. Uh, so how did we get there? I have no idea. But here we are. Yes. Uh, well, you know what? It's your getaway day today. Yes. This is the second time in a week I've done shows with guys that are getting the hell out of town. <laughs> That's right. You had Ross last I week. Did. And he's fishing. He's fishing. Wonder how he's doing. I think he's. I think he's slaughtering them. Just absolutely. yeah, I think he's. I think they're jumping in the boat. It's not June fishing in July, so it's not. It's no. It's not even close. That's um, close, but it's close. It's, June's better. I hope he's having a good time. I really do. I don't know if I'll do any fishing on my vacation. So what will you do? You're going to the Gulf Shores. Going to Gulf Shores, a lot of beach. So where is that? Talk, talk to the Canadian here in, okay. on, in the room. So what you do if you're flying in yeah. is, well, unless you have a private jet, which no, we the radio. We right, yeah. no, no, that's, uh-huh. that's not happening. Easy flying to Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. And then it's about an hour drive to get to Gulf Shores. So you know Florida. You mm-hmm. know how it looks mm-hmm. and the panhandle. Yeah. So you're basically coming across the panhandle there, a little bit deeper into the Gulf and that's where Gulf Shores is. So white sandy beaches. Yeah, they you're staying it, right on the ocean. We are. We have a house. Yeah, it's a block away. Oh, you're golden. Yes, and the resort. It's that a Vorbo, I'm, I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah, and it has a pool there, so the kids will be excited about that. Yeah. So we have the pool, and then the beach is just a block away. So we'll make the walk down, do all that stuff. We're staying in Orange Beach, which is a little bit further away from Gulf Shores, so it's not in like the kind of main attraction downtown part uh-huh. of it, but. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of beach time, mm-hmm. a lot of sun time. Got mm-hmm. my magazines ready to go, mm-hmm. reading college football, sitting on the beach, playing in the water. With How the have kids. you handled the problem that you're going to face once you get there? Oh, yeah, the gambling. Yes. I'll be fine. You, you will. I'll be fine. You're just going to take a week off. Yeah, I did it in Hawaii last year. It was no problem. Yeah. It's baseball season, too. That's know, true. Yeah, that's It's true. a little bit easier. Yeah, now You can come back and there'll be Will I make a couple game. of future wagers? Will I do a couple of things about that? Possibly. Because once, you, uh, once the plane takes off tomorrow from Des Moines International, yep. and you're on Southwest? Southwest on the way there, Delta mm-hmm. on the way back. Bags fly free, baby. That they do, and we got a lot of them. I bet. <laughs> uh, that is what's happening at the house here today. Mm-hmm. Is so have you, have, you, uh, have you looked at restaurants around close by the yeah, house, we got bars? Oh, yeah. Done done plenty of that. Uh, Tara's family's also going, so her dad likes to have a cocktail or two. Perfect. We'll be hanging out, I'm sure, Kenny and me, quite a bit. Yeah, I bet you will. (laughs) Doing doing our thing and going to get a couple of drinks while, you guys, you want to go to the beach for a while? Yeah, see this beach bar over here. I think that might be more our speed. Really looking forward to it, though. Baseball season, especially the drives over to Iowa City. Turn into a long week and yep. recharge the batteries. Get ready for football season. So, what does when does that start this year? Football season is it is it before the week? Is it the same week as uh, as Northwestern and Nebraska play in Dublin? Like the twenty yes. eighth of August? Is that the right day? Yep, that's the start. That's week one of the football season. So that's going to be the way that it's set up. I think it's pretty good the way that they do it. One thing that I love, though, it's happening this week, and I see it on my Facebook feed right now. People that I know, you know from the high school ranks. Uh huh. Is a reason now, this would normally be the state tournament week. In the past, this is where it fell on the calendar. Okay. Nationwide, they have dedicated this week across the country, 
You cannot have any football camps, no volleyball camps, no basketball camps, nothing. This is a dead week for high school sports. You cannot have a practice. I love it. You cannot have a camp. This is brilliant. Who came up with the this? Country. It's something that was instituted on a national level. From, let the kids be kids for a week. Absolutely. So, so many people, Andy Pollock, you know, I saw yeah. him and his four girls yeah. and his wife, they're going on their trip. Just so many people are able to is use this. Is he still week. coaching at Dowling, right? Yep. Yeah. Offensive line yeah. coach up there. There are so many people that now... You don't have to worry because you got kids at different levels, doing mm-hmm. different things, different oh, practice schedules. Not happening. Go be a family. Week. Absolutely. Leave for sports a alone for a week. You'll be fine. Because it was always, I always took the week off mm-hmm. of this week that right after state baseball. But now it's become something where I've seen the prices also started to go up a little bit because <laughs> Everybody. everybody's going on vacation. Yeah, this is kind of like spring break. Right? It is, yeah. yeah. My buddy Adam Dahl, he's got a son that's a really good player over at ADM, good football player, one track his freshman year in the 400. His family is going right now because they know we got tons of kids and t- different activities, but this is the week mm. that we absolutely can do it. It's a good thing. It's something that needed to be instituted because you know how it is. Yes. Coaches, hey, can we sneak right. in camp? Called a, well, it's a camp. Right. Start a practice. And exactly. now that is not able to be done. So it's a really good thing. But that is the reason that we saw last week softball and baseball happening now at the same time is because of that for people wondering. And this is a national endeavor. National, yes. Love this idea. It's great. It, it hasn't got the public. This is the first I've heard of it. Yeah. I'm not saying that I, you know, I, I closely follow all the high school stuff right. like you do, but this is a really good idea. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, we will talk to our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He's heading down to Indianapolis. Um, you know, hopefully next year they're back in Chicago. Well, it won't matter because you'll be. Well, I can still go. You can still go. Yeah, you can get things figured out. No, I can't do that. But I'll f- figure have out. somebody that can that, help. That, you right, out. I'll figure yes. out who I can bring down there. <laughs> I can't even put gas in my car. Did you watch a lot of Cubs this weekend? How about I, that? I, um, you know what? No, because you couldn't. Friday night. Right. Well, I guess you could. Yeah. Friday night was Apple TV. Uh-huh. Yesterday was Peacock. Oh, well, yeah, there was the early it was game. Peacock. Here's the Chicago news as far as watching. Jason Benetti. How about that? This is a massive, massive pull from Fox. Jason Benetti, who was a staple. I loved him in Hummel on a winter night uh, in a gym doing a basketball game. He's going to Fox where he will be teamed up with, was it Danny Cannell, I want to say? Yep. And they will be the number two team behind the screamer, I'm guessing. And good God. Gus Johnson. Oh, my gosh. I I know it's a small club. I'm not a fan. Um, but but Benetti. Klatt's so good, though. No, Klatt's a, Klatt's a pro. Klatt's yeah. phenomenal. Um, but Benetti leaving ESPN to go to Fox. So what does this mean? Hopefully nothing when it comes to his White Sox duties with Steve Stone. That it will not. This is not going to impact it at all. He is going to say stay with the uh, Chicago White, mm-hmm. White Sox broadcast. So this will not impact it. I'm excited, though. Him and Hummel maybe working together on some FS1 games, some Big Ten Network well, games. Hummel does, for does, basketball. Does Hummel do? Mm-hmm. Well, good. Yes, absolutely. So he's just not a, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's true. So I think we're going to see more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else on the BTN broadcast? The the guy that played at Illinois. Bardo, Stephen Bardo. Oh, Jimmy B. Brinson takes credit for him. Oh, really? He got him into the broadcasting business. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure thing, Jimmy B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got him into the broadcast. Well, that's business. good. good so I started here. You should. Have, I wish I could have kept the list of the guys that Brinson started their career. It's a long list. <laughs> but he tells me it is. Wes Unseld? Well, yes, there's yes, one of them. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, you worked with him. You know. Uh, well, we could know. probably put our list together. All right, the uh, $1,000 home run contest continues on at least for another week. And it is time. 
For you to go to KXNO.com, and once you get there, you can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword Bills, Bills at KXNO.com, Bills at KXNO.com. Heather Burnside is on the road here today. Let me find where she is at. She sent me a text. Uh, she is at the Come and Go from 11 to 1, 100, 156th Street out in Urbandale. That's where you'll find Heather from 11 until 1. Come and Go is... Uh, introducing a whole bunch of new food items, breakfast items, bowls, all-day stackers, um, a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of stuff, coffees. Um, you'll like it if you if you're in the mood. If you're you know if you've got to go to whether it's a piece of pizza mm-hmm. or and you know what I mean. Or for my case, it's a I just love the fried chicken at Quick Start. Oh yeah, I just love it. But if Come and Go's got it, I'm going to give it a whirl because I got these fresh bowls made to order. Heather is there. She's at the 156th location, 156th Street, uh, out in Urbandale. She'll be there from 11 until 1. We'll remind you again. If you're around that area, stop in, say hi to her, and grab some lunch. You'll be glad you did. Again, the keyword, bills, bills, uh, at kxno.com. We will be back with Scott Dockerman. He's putting the suitcase in the car and headed to Indy. But before he does, he'll talk to Trent and I. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Dental.net. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we take you up here until noon. Still to come, hour number two, we'll talk some baseball. Uh, and then a little bit of Iowa State. Trent's played the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. By the way, I forgot to mention this. Uh, Heather, in addition to uh, telling us about all those food items at uh, Come and Go, she got prizes. Oh, that's great. So if food's not enough to get you to go, maybe head over there and win some. She's at the uh, 156th Street uh, Come and Go location in Urbandale. Scott Dockerman packing up the car, headed to Indianapolis. Big Ten Media Days, and he joins us. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How about you this morning? Doing well. Doing well, Scott Darkerman. Big Ten Media Days or Media Days of any of the conferences, that means one thing, right? We are very, very close uh, to football. Doc, it's going to be, I would think, um, I mean, what what do you think will be more of a talker, NIL or the two California schools? Uh, I would say any kind of expansion, uh, whether that's the two California schools or potentially Notre Dame or anything else nationally will probably be the number one talking point. I would say the media rights agreement and when it is finalized, which it could be as soon as this week, uh, that will be another. NIL will be part of the discussion too, but I have to say that, uh, you know, the expansion is is definitely going to be topic number one. Another one that's going to, I know, be a talking point is the future of the Rose Bowl. Now it goes hand in hand with what the college football playoff is, but Doc, you're a Midwest guy. I'm a Midwest guy. Growing up, I'm in my 40s. I believe you are as well. And Ken, even an older guy in his All 60s. Right. Mid-60s, yeah. But even a Canadian, the Rose Bowl was is it. important. Yep. It's the importance of that game for our generation. Looking to the future, the importance of the Rose Bowl, and maybe even bowl games in general. What, what are your thought process and maybe what we're going to learn this week? I don't know if that we'll learn that final answer this week necessarily because I think that's all indicative of what's going to happen with the college football playoff and and really those discussions need to happen um, you know among you know the commissioners once again but 
I think if you're looking big picture, that there's no question the Rose Bowl is going to be devalued based on what uh, what just took place. And and I think bowls in general have been kind of on that slippery slope for a long time. I mean, ever since the BCS was created in 1998, even more so than the than the earlier you know alliance and coalition. But the, when the BCS was created, it really became all about that one game. And then when the play uh, the 14 playoff did it probably made it even worse because if you're not even considered for the for the uh, final four you are very little you, you matter very little in the sport as large so now i think when we're looking at probably a 12 team field that the bowls are going to be relegated to that of kind of the nit and whether that's the rose bowl within the bowl system it's fantastic or i mean within the playoff system it's still going to have that place at the table if not, it's going to be uh, a wonderful view, but it's not going to be anything uh, significant compared to a playoff game. Doc, it seems like uh, the Athletic, uh, you're kind of their de facto media guy, or one of them over there when it comes to media rights. I want, I've been looking forward to asking you this question because I've seen a lot of, you know, the Pac-12, they've got a major, major chit or card that they can play because they still have Pac-12 after dark, and that's going to be very valuable uh, for whoever is bidding on their next contract. Well, tap the brakes a little bit, because UCLA and USC could very easily provide that for the new partnership, which is their new conference, the Big Ten. So do you see that happening, and what would, what's the likelihood of a, let's say, a USC and a Michigan, we'll just put them in the, playing at, you know, te- what would be 10 o'clock Eastern uh, to kick off a game. How, how important or how uh, prominent do you think those two California schools will be hosting uh, pack Big Ten after dark? I don't think it'll be, there might be a couple of early games in September. I could see that being the case, but I really do not think that that'll be the case come October and November. I, I don't know. You know, there, they may be not, there may be night kickoffs with more regularity in that part of the world, but I can't see it being later than, say, um, 9 p.m. Eastern time. That's just – it's a real competitive disadvantage, kind of like when they come east. I don't see them – I really don't see them going – uh, and playing a lot of 11 a.m. kicks either. I think mm-hmm. that kind of de- defeats their value as, as well. So I, I would not expect that to be the case, except for a lot of their maybe non-conference games, maybe one conference game in September or something like that. But that that's a lot to ask to have them play that late. Now, if they have an 8, 8, 8 p.m. kickoff, uh, you know, Central Time, 9 Eastern, then, yeah, I could see that happening with regularity. Very interesting. A lot still going on to how this is going to play out. The negotiating window that continues for the Pac-12 currently, is it going to stay together? Is that how you see this ultimately playing out? Or do you still believe that maybe the Big 12 is in a power situation? They can go get the Arizona schools in Utah and Colorado. Is this something that we're just going to hit on pause ultimately until maybe next summer? <laughs> You're asking me to look into a magic mirror <laughs> and everything changes so quickly. <laughs> I. I don't know. I mean, I think the one thing the Pac-12 has to do is solidify itself, and that is pledge loyalty to everyone and to the league unless the Big Ten comes with an, with an offer they can't refuse. So I think that's probably ultimately what the final choice will be, which is everybody decides, you know what, let's just stay put and, and unless the Big Ten comes knocking. And I think that's probably what will end up happening. Whether they expand or not, it really is about values for them. 
Is it to get back into Southern California? If so, then San Diego State makes perfect sense because that is a recruiting mecca for the West Coast, and I could see that happening. Now, who do they take with the next team, uh, you know, to, to make it an even 12? Boise on the field makes sense, but yeah. is that uh, does it mesh with the league and, and the way it's constructed? Because it's really similar to the Big Ten and, and all the uh, – uh, you know, academic work, and then, or is it an SMU, or does that make their skin crawl? You know, I, I think that's really a uh, a big question. But I ultimately, I think, I think people, unless the Big Ten starts adding teams, I think they'll stick together, and I think the Big Twelve will, and they'll have a real interesting competition as to who gets more money in the next meteorites deals. It's going to be fascinating. Well, let's get to the Hawkeyes, and uh, I know that uh, Ference knows it's coming, uh, and uh, Laporta does as well. When he's, he's going, They're going to be asked about their quarterback, Spencer Petras. Uh, how will they handle this, Doc? Uh, will, they, will we hear that it's a wide-open competition, that everybody's on the same plane? When the quarterback question is asked, how will it be answered? I think it'll be answered with... Uh, that Kirk, uh, Kirk Ferentz in particular will say, well, yeah, of course there's a competition. We want everybody to get better on the team. And, and if somebody could beat out Jack Campbell, shame on him. And then he'll go on on a four to five minutes about that. Uh, but no, I think what it is is they're, they're going to talk about how much they appreciate how hard Spencer has worked this offseason on everything. And he's doing all the right things. And they, they believe in him. And he's going to be, uh, if they had a game on Saturday, he'll be the starter. But that they also have faith in Alex Padilla, and they like a lot of what Joey Labus brings. And uh, that that's really what we're going to get. I know nobody wants to hear that, but it's the kind of the word salad we're going to get, which is, yeah, if they had a game on Saturday, Spencer Petras is their guy. They think he's their guy, but they're not going to shut the door on, on competition either. But ultimately, I think right now I would say I'm pretty I'm 90% sure it'll be Spencer Petras on opening day. Got to be better up front this year. The offensive line, a big piece. You lose Linderbaum, but what about Logan Jones? He makes the move over from the defensive line over to offensive line this spring. Is he the heir apparent? Is it ultimately going to be him taking over that center spot? And then what else do you anticipate to see from Connor Colby getting a lot of reps last year? Mason Richmond as freshman. You got some young guys that feel like maybe they can make a push here this season. Better, what is going to make this offensive line better? And Logan Jones, you think he's a starter at center? I, I think it's going to come down between Logan Jones and Mike Myslinski. Uh, he's a redshirt freshman. He was hurt in the spring. Didn't wasn't able to compete. Got hurt really late. Hurt his knee in the in bowl prep. And I, I think ultimately it probably will be Logan Jones to start the season. That doesn't mean that he'll finish it or be center long term. But you know he's got a lot of really good athletic ability. I mean he's really cruising in in the weight room. And um, I, I think he's got a lot of potential he's going to make some mistakes but he's going to also make up for some because he's of his physical ability that's going to help him as he tries to work in through the lineup and um you know mason richmond and connor colby i thought they had a uh for a first year i thought they played really well uh not they didn't play well for their positions necessarily and i think they made a lot of strides and you could see it in their the way they moved this spring the, the their size they they grew they got bigger stronger i mean richmond you know played a year at left tackle that's really tough as a redshirt freshman mm-hmm. uh but connor colby was the um no no true freshman has ever started as many games up front as as he did the last year with 11 so i, I expect both of them to take big leaps forward jack plum is he's got to be that 
fifth year great story that Kirk yeah. likes to talk about that really takes it over. And then finally, the other guard spot, you know, is really wide open. I mean, can Justin Britt stay healthy? Is it Tyler Ellsbury's turn? I mean, you know, can Nick DeYoung walk in there and, and start? And, I, you know, somebody's going to get hurt somewhere, so you're, you're going to need seven or eight guys. I, I think that it's a unit that will be much better than last year. Will it be very good to great? I don't know. We'll find out pretty soon. I see a pattern developing. A lot of offensive <laughs> questions from us so far, Scott yes, Dockerman. Yeah. Uh, and here's another one. Uh, how will the running back carry shake out, Doc? Which one of the Williams uh, will lead the team in rushing this year? <laughs> oh, man. I, I, you know, I'm sure you will, but ask me again in a month. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think they're both going to be, as of right now, they're 1A, 1B, and Gavin being first and LaShawn being second. But they both bring similar skills, but but they're different in their own ways. And I really like the way LaShawn Williams ran the ball against Kentucky. And I like the way Gavin did, too. I think they're both suited for what this line is doing as a younger unit that it, they're one-cut-and-go guys, which may mean you won't lead, have a back lead the country in negative carries like you did last mm. year. I mean, you know, yeah. Tyler Goodson had yep. 45 negative carries. That was uncalled for. And a lot of times, instead of second and nine, they were at second and 13. And I don't think these guys will do that. Um, but that said, I don't. it's a position where you can insert a young player and they can do a pretty good job. So I do want to see what Jaswan Patterson and Caleb Johnson do in camp before I really start establishing a strong pecking order. Well, the reason there's so many offensive questions is because defensively, there just isn't a whole lot there. Really isn't. It looks like they have a pass rush, they have a great mm-hmm. linebacking core, and even if you have a question or two about the defensive backfield, it is Phil Parker, and he <laughs> definitely gets the benefit of the doubt. I guess the one question is Quinn Schulte, who was listed as a starter after spring of free safety. We did see him a little bit last year, and boy, he just feels like, Another in the long line of walk-on safeties at Iowa that find their way there and then get a chance at the next level. What can you tell us about Quinn Schulte from up in Cedar Rapids? Yeah, he was a he was a pretty good quarterback at Xavier High School and a two-way player, good athlete. Uh, played for you know his dad, who was uh, one of the better coaches in the state, I think, in Dwayne Schulte. Well, I think one of the upper. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not giving enough credit. He's one of the probably top five coaches in the state. So. Uh, you know, really smart, heads-up guy. I mean, he fits the profile of, as you said, of just about all these, um, you know, defensive backs that come into the program, a Jake Kerner, or, you know, or J- Jack Kerner, Jake Gervas, Brett Greenwood. I mean, take your pick. Uh, Brandon Snyder, you know, uh, you know, small town, you know, walk-on guys that, that elevate. Right? In his case, it's not necessarily a small town, but, you know, guys that elevate very quickly and, and become uh, starters and, and play well. So, I want to see what he can do as a starter. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of really good young defensive backs behind him, probably more athletic, but, you know, he's, he's got that reputation as a very heads-up guy, knows exactly where he needs to go. And so when you've got that, that really, that's really helpful, especially that free safety spot where you're calling a lot of the plays. So, so uh, I, I expect him to, to go in and play, and play well, but, um, you know, and Cooper DeGene probably to hit the cash position. And, uh, you know, and then I could see Xavier Wampa maybe backing up Kayvon Merriweather this year. Mm. Uh, here's a name, Doc. Brody Brecht. What, what kind of an impact will he have on this team this year, do you think? He better have a big one. Mm-hmm. There's opportunities, they really isn't lost there? their depth. Yep. Yeah. yeah, they're down to three quality receivers, and two of them were out for most of the spring. So uh, Brody Brecht and, and Jacob Bostic and, and Deontay Vines and probably Kate Beachin 
all will have a really good opportunity to play right away. And, and Brody is um, the the guy who hits the prototype as the X receiver. He's big, strong, fast, and can beat coverage one-on-one. And if he can do that with, with a lot of uh, consistency, I think he's going to play a ton. And um, likewise, Jacob Bostic is um, – He's kind of like Amir Smith-Marset. I mean, he's blazing fast. They're probably going to have to play. And then, you know, it's probably, uh, I would think even Weijin will have a chance to, you know, either return some kicks or play a little bit in, in the, um, you know, in the offense. And, and finally, Deontay Vines, I want to see what he could do because this is his opportunity as well. But, but going back to your original point, I think Brody is the odds-on favorite to be the fourth receiver right now and, and have a real heavy rotational role. Another big question is the kicker position. I know you're going to be asking that question a lot. We're not going to get an answer. We've got to see these guys. But, boy, reminding us back in spring, it was not pretty, the place kicking over at Kinnick Stadium that day. <laughs> That's right. Well, it was, it was really windy, um, which, you know, it's going to be windy when they play, you know, some random game in November, whether it's at um, Minneapolis or in Iowa City or wherever. Uh, so they're going to have to make those field goals. They didn't look great that day. But, you know, we all, all we're ever going to know about that, they can look great on kids' day and make every single kick, and it won't matter when it's when they're, you know, trailing 15-13 to 13 to Wisconsin in the middle of November, and it's, uh, you know, he's got a 38-yard field goal, whichever one's doing it, uh, for the left hash. Make it. You know, that's yep. really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So, we won't know that because Caleb Shudek was automatic and Keith Duncan was automatic. Can these, can uh, Drew Stevens or Aaron Blom do that? I don't know. We'll find out. But, but it will. Uh, it, it has the potential for this team with this type of defense and this type of question marks on offense to to really be a difference maker between going back to Indianapolis and going to the Duke's Mail Bowl. Yeesh. <laughs> Scott Dockerman. Doc, uh, safe trip over there. Thanks for doing this, Doc. We'll appreciate it. We'll read all your coverage of Big Ten Media Days at The Athletic. Thank you, Doc. All right, thanks. Have a good day. Thank you. Do the same. Scott Dockerman, as uh, we get the latest from our friend who is headed to Indy. I'm sure there'll be a lot of, uh, a lot of people there covering mm-hmm. this event. There always are. Got the mainstays, of course, Chad and Kennington from the mm-hmm. Register. They'll be over there. Halas, he'll come up with yep. a fun column idea, <laughs> and we'll giggle at it because that's what you do with Mike Halas. And then, of course, all the beat guys that, that do the, the websites now. You mentioned our, our boy Stephen M. Sipple. He is at On3 Media yep. and on the Nebraska and What did side. he say, an eight-year contract they gave yeah, him? Yeah, that was pretty good, huh? <laughs> is there going to be an Iowa-dedicated website? You know what, Trent? Um <sighs> You got rivals. Tom's been there I'm twenty just gonna years. Just going to say, uh, the, the, what that, I called him, Vaca have done it. They've done a Hawkeye great Insider. job. They really have done a great job. Uh, Hawkeye Nations in partnership with SI, mm-hmm. so that seems like a, a fit. Um, Do they see the Iowa media as it's pretty saturated? saturated I think. Is, is Would there? it make sense if you're Iowa State? Why well, that? That's look, Cyclone Fanatic is on one level all mm-hmm. by themselves. Well, the Register too. But don't, don't get me wrong. Register and Cyclone Fanatic are. I mean, they they uh, Fanatic piles a bunch of resources yes. into that. Good for them for doing so. Um, is there? And Nick Oson's done a great job. Yes. And before him, Dylan Montz has done a good job. And um, Alex. Our, our, our buddy Alex, right? Um, but they're just not the same volume that you have with yes. Iowa. Now, Iowa's a bigger fan base. Michael Swain. Yes. There's a short stopover before uh-huh. he went back to Kansas. But I don't know. If if Sipple called you and said, hey, we're looking, we're going to start in Iowa, but we're only going to choose one to start out. What would I, what would I, 
I think, and I've this has been the case for a long time at Rivals. Mm-hmm. It, it's ju- it just has. There's been a. Um, it's not one of the stronger, and maybe this is unfair with because Clark's gone. But it seemed like there was an opportunity. Well, look, a Cyclone Fanatic jumped on that opportunity right. yeah. and made their website what it is part that what, and parcel because of that reason. Didn't Dace basically, that was kind of one of the reasons that he started what it was Cyclone Nation? Was it, did he, did he start that? I think so. And I think that was the reason, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, that he there said was that a void. It's, it's underserved. Yeah, there was a void. Like Bill Seals is doing his best over mm-hmm. there now. Uh, I'm not sure that's his full time gig. It wasn't before. He would help out Clark. But uh, I mean, I had a, I had a coach tell me, Oh, this is probably 15 years ago now. That um, they wish that they, the rivals site was stronger. Oh, really? Yes, because of the phone calls to yeah, recruit. They had a little. They things. had Hawkeye yeah. Report Envy. Because right. yeah. Kakert ran that a tight ship over there. And who's his buddy that uh, doesn't do any media? But he's Blair right, Sanderson. Blair Sanderson. Yeah. Uh, they break a ton of stories over there. Anyways, we'll come back. That's a good question. I think. <laughs> I don't tough. know the answer. I don't either. They're, they're both in really good spot. Think it from a business side, and yeah, there's. I mean, the, the athletic doesn't have an Iowa State guy. They don't no, and it doesn't feel like that's one that they're looking to expand. I don't think to it is. I don't. I mean, they need a story over there, Doc. Uh, you know, double yep. dips. Uh, Miller and Condon back to wrap up hour number one. It's Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point three Meadows. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Did you show Tyler Allen where you keep our good bump music? Yeah, yeah. I don't want him finding the other shows. I mean, good God. It's all here on the button board. Is it? Perfect. Just tell him just to use his stuff up there. Don't go crazy. Yeah, good, 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 good. He does a pretty good job. No, I like Tyler Allen. I like Tyler Allen. Tyler does a good job. I'll miss you. Well, that's nice of you to say. Yeah. But um, you deserve this upcoming break as much as anybody. We uh, didn't talk much MLB during the from the weekend, season. yeah. But did you see the Mad Hungarian on Bally Sports Midwest? Did. Well, I didn't see it live. I saw it on Twitter. If you missed it, so Miles Michaelis was wearing a cowboy hat, mm-hmm. old seventies glasses, <laughs> right. got a groovy mustache, and the Mad Hungarian. Well, he was trying to come up with Ron Burgundy instead. This is what came out of his mouth. Member of the uh, Anchorman movie every. Well, that's time what I was thinking. It. You know, right. you know, wasn't it the? Uh, who was it that wore the cowboy hat with Ron Jeremy? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, I felt bad for her. <laughs> she, <laughs> she couldn't catch. Now, not Ron Jeremy. No, no, no. <laughs> Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. I'm, I'm guessing he's not the first one to, to to make that faux pas. Oh man, boy, the Cardinals got another blow. Stephen Matt, although there may be some huge Cardinal news on the horizon. What do you got? Apparently, John Heyman from the is he New York Post? Yeah, New York Post. He's covered. He's a good baseball guy, mm-hmm. right? One of the go-to media in the country. He thinks that the Cardinals may be the favorite for Juan Soto. Whoa. Wouldn't that shake up the Central Division? In a big-time way. Yeah, that corner the, bat? Oh, the Cardinals' farm system is apparently deep. Mm-hmm. Maybe a good opportunity to get Brian Walton, who uh, caught the farm system with the Cardinals um, on the back of his hand, uh, knows it very well. But wouldn't that change things up? If you can bring him over? Compared to the Brewers' yuck offense? Ooh. 
Throw Juan Soto there with the Cardinals. That would be uh, that would be an impact. So I don't know who I was listening to. Um, was it Sunday Night Baseball? It was Sunday Night oh, Baseball. Okay. They, whoever it was, um, said it was Buster Olney who said it that a Juan Soto trade at this young in his career, there hasn't been a trade of a superstar this young since. Ready for this name? Babe Ruth. Whoa. <laughs> Going back. Over 100 years. Babe Ruth? I mean, there's only one Babe Ruth, right? Well, kids, well, people 100 and something years ago remember one soda. Like, they'll still be talking about Babe Ruth. They will be. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon, 106.3.